some people think that no, the culture is to go to museums. No, sit with the people, talk to them. One of the kindest people that I've ever met in my trips. They are really, really friendly and... So it's like people offer you everything. It's like you ask for a, a sugarcane juice and they give it to you and they offer you bread. They, they are just like super kind. It's almost touching to see how kind people are. So we were perfectly safe and they were awesome drivers, but there were parts of the road, if we can call it that, that I was like this. I don't want to look, we're going to die. We're going to crash down there. With the autumn colors and the blue of the river that it's like so intense. And those huge mountains, the mountains are huge uh, with snow caps and just like, wow. I just landed in a, a dream. It's, it's really amazing. It's really beautiful. Hello and welcome to the Wing It Travel Podcast with me, James Hammond. Personally, I have been to 50 countries. I've met so many people on my travels that I want to bring on this podcast and get their story on record. I have plenty of tips and stories to share with you as well. Are you a backpacker or a traveller or gap year student or simply someone who loves to travel? Then this is the podcast for you. Throughout the weeks and months, you'll get many guests and solo episodes where I try to cover all range of subjects within travel. This is a casual and informative travel podcast to inspire you to travel in the future. Do you fancy some bonus content with this episode? Then fear not. If you sign up to my Patreon today, by going on to www.patreon.com forward slash travel podcast, then you'll find these extra features every week for Monday and Friday's episode. One bonus episode every month, some ad-free content, some early access to episodes, exclusive added travel must have feature on every episode patron shout out some ad hoc bonus episodes you'll get a copy of my digital travel panel which is available on etsy and you'll get my monthly winging it travel podcast magazine if this takes your fancy you can sign up for four pounds seven dollars fifty canadian six dollars us a month and i really thank you for supporting the podcast hope you enjoy the podcast thanks for listening and supporting this and i'll see you soon Cheers, James. Let's get into the episode. Hello, and welcome to the Winging It Travel podcast this week. And I'm joined by a returning guest, the travel blogger, blonde around the world, Angela Santos. Angela is back on for a second time to talk about her trips to Jordan and Pakistan. So we're going to hear some details about those trips. I'm super excited to catch up and hear all about it. Angela, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. And thank you for having me again. It's always a pleasure. Thank you so much. I think we said at the time that you would come back on to talk about your trips. So here we are. Uh, almost, a, I don't know if it's a year later, but it's, you know, it's quite far down the line. I think it's more or less like that, because after that, I went to Mexico and I went to Jordan and to Pakistan now. Yeah, so three awesome trips. We're going to cover two of those today. And right now, you're still back in Portugal right now, aren't you? Yeah, I need to work from time to time. <laughs> it's a nightmare, isn't it? Yeah, I, I need to work on my my nine to five from time to time. I'm not free of my nine to five yet. <laughs> Absolute nightmare, isn't it? Uh, unless you love your job. That's a different story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to cover Jordan first. Okay. So the first question I have is what 
tour company did you travel to Jordan? I guess Pakistan was the same, but what tour company is that? Yeah, it's a tour company uh, from Portugal. Uh, actually, you don't have to be Portuguese to travel with the company. It's San Rota, uh, which is uh, written one zero zero Rota, which means which may mean two things because if it's with the number, because in, in Portuguese we have many similar words, uh, the sound of the words. Sign can mean a uh, hundred routes or without routes. So uh, I travel with them. Uh, it's uh, the fourth time I went with them on tour. And uh, it's from a friend of mine, Francisco. And I love to travel with them because it's very, it's a very, unique company because they always uh, try to they they have a vision of traveling a little bit different than the common travel agents um it's more relaxed uh you don't have to accomplish the goals every day to see everything um so uh they try to um relate to trips with sustainability and they try to connect with people and try to look for the the um, local economy economy i'm sorry uh because they they try to stay always in in places uh in family places or familiar places or not in big hotels international uh hotels but they always try to to give some money to the community to the local businesses so I, I connect <laughs> with that perspective and I, I really enjoy to travel with them. Oh, that's awesome. So you can travel with them if you're not Portuguese. Yes, because you can meet, uh, imagine like I went to Pakistan with them now and it's not mandatory that you go from Portugal to Pakistan altogether. You can be in Australia and meet the group in Pakistan. Mm. Or we could, it happened already with some people that were living in Switzerland and they met us in Mexico, for example. It doesn't matter where you are in the world, as long as you go to the destination, basically, it's like that. <laughs> and also, I guess they would cover different languages. So you there must be some Portuguese in that tour and they must speak Portuguese and English. Is that how they do that? Yeah, they mostly the, the, the main... Uh, clients of the company are Portuguese, uh, but if you speak English and you don't speak Portuguese, it's fine because all the tour guides speak English, so it's fine. It's 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 a good excuse for you to learn Portuguese, actually. <laughs> Is that a hint, Angela? <laughs> are you trying to tell yeah. me? <laughs> yeah. You can learn Portuguese. Travel with a Portuguese group. I guarantee you that you're going to learn Portuguese. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Okay. And you decided to book with them to go to Jordan. But first of all, why Jordan? Why was that on your list of places to go? Well, I always been very curious about going to Petra. It was, I think it makes part of everybody's dreams. I don't know, at least to see the treasury and to... I'm an urban planner, as you know, mm. and that city, um, it's really remarkable how it was designed and how it was conceived in the middle of the desert. 
So I really wanted to go see Petra. The, the most extraordinary thing was that all Jordan amazed me, not only Petra. So it was like Petra was one of the things, but Jordan, it's not only Petra. It's much, yeah, much right. more than that. Yeah, you're yeah. absolutely right. And we, and we are going to cover uh, your trip. That's not just Petra. So we are going to cover some different areas. And I've had a few people come on to talk about Jordan. So I'm keen to hear about your experience. Uh, you booked a tour for 12 days. Is that correct? Yeah, it was 12 days uh, road tripping because we we rented a, a van and we went all over the country first uh, to the north and then to the south because Jordan, it's very small and uh, it's very doable in 12 days. Uh, it's, it's yeah enough, I think. Yeah. That's a good amount of time, I think, for Jordan. You're right. I think when I've looked at Jordan, yeah, it's, it's 10 to 12 days um, with a car. That's, that's yeah. what I can that's And it's what perfectly doable because the roads are, are great. So you don't have any issues traveling in, in Jordan. Got it. So, okay. So first of all, you fly into Amman. So that must yeah, be I... your meeting point for your group. How did you find, first of all, meeting your group, but also Amman as a place? Yeah, um, it was, I only knew one person of the group because when you start uh, doing these kind of trips, at uh, some point you start meeting the same people <laughs> all around the world. I don't meet them in Portugal because everybody has a life, but we meet like, oh, we're going to meet in Mexico. Oh, now we are going to meet in Pakistan. Oh, we're going to meet in Jordan. It's so funny. It's really funny. Uh, because we are far from our routines, but we can actually build a friendship with those those persons. So um, it's it's very. I think there's a saying that goes like something like uh, you only know truly know a person when we you travel with them. True, and it's a very very interesting way to to meet people like around the world you know because we are all from the same country and we meet around the world it's really funny yeah so um i went to to jordan um uh, and i met the group uh, i only knew one person uh who was with me and you share rooms uh, with uh. persons that you don't know unless you pay for a, a private room because you you can pay for a private room but I never do so because I don't mind sharing rooms uh, with another girls or it's fine. Um, and it's, um, it's a very, I think it's a very humbling experience because you have to share your life with another person and you have to share the snore if the person <laughs> snores or <laughs> it's very, I think it's very, very, funny to to travel like this um and then we we arrived at night during the night and in the next morning we went to see Haman and I didn't have a big expectation about the city because everybody had told me that uh, oh, it's not a beautiful city mm. it doesn't have much to see um and it was a pleasant surprise actually because I liked very much Haman yeah, it's actually got, from what I've experienced from people who talk about it, they love it. They love Amman as a city. Um, they were actually quite yeah, pleasantly but I think surprised. Most, most people don't spend enough time in Amman yeah. because they, they are just delivered there by the plane and they go off 
to Petra and to to Adirum or to the Dead Sea, and they don't spend time uh, knowing Haman. I think it's a very well. It's not a walking friendly uh, city okay. because it has tons of stairs. It yeah. has thousands of steps and stairs. Seven hills like Rome and like Lisbon too, mm. but. I think the the city it's very diverse, you know. It's like you have a lot of things to do, and there's a a very young uh, generation there who's trying to bring life to the city. Like uh, they they are they have awesome urban art around the city, and they are trying to bring green areas to the city. And so they have a lot of interesting project projects besides the the touristy common things to do, like going to to see the ruins, the Roman ruins, mm. or going to the citadel for the views, which I recommend at the end of the day because it's the sunset at the citadel. It's amazing, amazing, and you are there and you are listening the call for prayers, mm. and it's so. It's really magical, yeah. It's a magical place with um, a special vibe, actually. Oh, can't wait to go. Okay, so Marne is definitely worth spending a bit of time going to the Citadel, maybe walking around some random streets, trying to find some uh, local places and stuff. That'd be, that'd be quite cool, I think. Yeah, going to the Roman theatre at night. They have a huge square in front of the theatre where families gather after dinner and you can see um, locals having their time. So it's very interesting to go there to see the, the kids playing and the families having their their own time. So you can connect uh, with the local life, mm. just not just going to the touristy places. And people are so friendly. People are really, really friendly. So it's fine and it's super safe. Awesome. Okay, that's great. So next on your tour, uh, you pop to see Ars Salt. I think that's pronounced Ars right. Salt. Ars yes. Salt, which is a UNESCO heritage site, and it's just north of the capital. Yeah, and Ars Salt, um, it was r a really pleasant surprise because uh, it is very recently classified as a UNESCO heritage site. Mm -hmm. It's very genuine. It's very unique and it's known by its friendliness and people are very open to foreigners and they want to show you everything. And it's like we went to the local museum, which is, um, I think it's very worth seeing. Okay. And we did like a spontaneous tour with a guy from the museum that took us to see the sites. <laughs> it was very funny. And yeah, you can spend there just like if you want to spend the day, you can spend the day or just an afternoon just seeing the surrounds because it's very, very interesting. And it has a very small souk, but it's it's still very unexplored. So I think it's it's worth the visit. Yeah. Oh, so it's like maybe like a bit of a gem to go and see where it's not too touristy. Yeah, it's going to, to become touristy in the future, I think, because they opened recently in the beginning of the year uh also the jordan trail 
that passes on the north of the country. So you can go hike there. Oh. And asphalt stays in the in the way to the north. So I think it it's close enough to Amman. So I think it's going mm. to pop with tourism. Yeah. Top tip. It's a prediction. I don't know yeah, if yeah. it's going to or not. But it's just <laughs> any case, you gotta go. Because just in case it does. Yeah, I think so. I think so. That's awesome. I don't know too much about asphalt. That's a great tip. It looks amazing. And I guess they you can sit there and have coffee and conversation with locals as well and learn some traditional stuff. Yeah, and it has amazing views. Yes. Got it. Okay. And just north of the capital is Jarash. Now, I don't know too much about this, but I saw your photo on your blog and it looks incredible. It is. It is uh, amazing. They have a unique well, again, as an urban planner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> First of all, they have a theater where you can, every theater has like a cross marked on the floor where if you stand uh, on the top of that cross and you sing, everyone in the amphitheater <laughs> will listen to you, even if you just whisper. So it's really amazing. Wow. And it's like, I'm an awful singer, but I, 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 <laughs> I did my best in every theater of Jordan. Trust me, I, <laughs> I sing everywhere <laughs> because that has a sound. It's so perfect and it's so amazing how the projection of the sound it's made. It's really impressive because if you step, if you just walk one step uh, to your left or to your right, People stop hearing you. So you have wow. to be at that wow. exact spot. Yeah. And it's impressive. And Jarash is amazing. And it's super well preserved. And it has a unique uh, plaza. Uh, because most uh, the Romans used to build uh, the cities uh, with two axes, the Cardo and the Decumans. Mm. And it's the north and south, east and west. Uh, so the two axes. And in the center, in the middle, where they cross, usually there's a, a plaza, there's a square. And the square used to be square. And in Jarash, it's not, it's not square. It's oval. So it's super different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's well-preserved, really well-preserved. Okay, again, that looks amazing. So that's another tip in Jordan. And you have to hike a lot, so prepare yourself for three hours of hike. Oh, okay, right. So bring your shoes. Okay. Water, sunscreen, and a hat. <laughs> <laughs> like these few places that we're going to mention now, I don't even know much about them. That's great to hear because you always hear the classic places like Petra, right? Which we will come to, but it's great to hear about these places. And the next place is Ajlun. Ajlun, yes. Yeah, yeah uh, you don't have much to see in Ajlun. Okay. Um, you have a castle and it's it's worth uh, seeing because from the the tower of the castle you have an amazing view to Syria to to Lebanon so you can have the perception it's like if you are if you are like there defending the land you know okay. so it, um, the castle it's very beautiful and they will if you hire the the tour the tour guide it's not you don't have to hire a tour mm -hmm. uh, but 
if you have a tour guide like the ones that are at the entrance of the castle, the certified ones, uh, they will explain you everything about the castle and it's worth the visit, yeah. Okay, cool. And the next place we're going to talk about is Madaba. Now, on your blog, you said this is the birthplace, not birthplace, but in Jordan anyway, for Christianity since the 4th century. And it's got a large number of Christians. So what was this place like? Because the photo that you shared on your blog is quite... I, I sh just shared the, mo uh, the mosaic. Yes, quite uh, trippy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it's, um, it's truly impressive, but you can't... Uh, take a proper picture of it <laughs> oh, <laughs> because right. the, the mosaic is inside a church yeah and it covers the floor but it's not uh, the total of the the map uh actually it's a map of the holy land mm -hmm. you have jerusalem you have uh, well all the holy land uh, represented in small tiny pieces it's unbelievable how they they did it mm. and you have there a lot of churches and christian churches and you can uh it was very very interesting because you can climb to the tower of one of the churches to see the the city of madaba and you have also mosques and they live in harmony so i think it's very beautiful um, and you can climb to the tower of the church, but I'm super scared of heights, like <laughs> dead scared of heights. And I couldn't go. I, I climbed until the, the middle and then I start like panicking and I'm going down. And I, I was at the church and there was a mass. Uh, they were in the middle of the ceremony and I was listening to it and it's in Arabic. So it's very... You know, you, when, because when you think in Arabic lang language, you think of Muslims. Mm. So listening to um, a Christian mass yeah. being speaking in, in, in Arabic, it's, it's strange. I didn't understand anything, as you can... <laughs> because it's like, it's not my language. And uh, yeah. it was... But it was very beautiful because... I think Madaba, it's, it's very interesting uh, because you can see the coexistence of the religions in peace, mm. you know, and it's always a sensitive subject. Yeah. Uh, religions coexisting in peace, but the reality is that it's possible and, and it's doable. It's very interesting, actually, to be in a Muslim country, but I think it's the majority the majority of the population are Christians, so it's super interesting, yeah. Awesome, okay. Yeah, it looks like a cool place to check out. You said the, on your blog that it's where books meet tea and cats. <laughs> yeah, because we went to a, a it's a library. Yeah. It's in Madaba, in the center of Madaba, and it's super interesting because it's a, a library in an old building, Everyone roams around free there. Cats, dogs, you can sit outside. Uh, they have a lot of couches mm. and you can sit and the cats uh, come to your lap and sleep on your lap and the dogs come also. And yeah, the coexistence. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because you can read the book, have a tea 
have a, a cat in your lap. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's a very a city with a very cool vibe. I think it is. Okay, awesome. And of course, in Jordan, you would have to visit the Dead Sea. It's got to be a must, right? Oh, of course. I think it's the lowest point on earth, right? I think. Yes, it is the lowest one. Yeah, I, I think it's minus 400 meters or something oh, like wow. that. That's huge. Yeah. yeah, and you you can feel it when you're going down. Your ears start popping like when you go when you go up. Really? <laughs> yeah, but like, when you go down. down. Oh, right. Yeah, <laughs> because when you go in the van on the road, you can you can feel it. Yeah, and it's like everybody. It's like Christmas Eve. You are like nine eight ten and when you reach the zero everybody collapses. <laughs> yeah it's um quite a unique experience i've already been in salty waters extremely salty waters in cape verde because you have yes. some well it's it's like um on the ancient volcanoes you also have the reservations of salt uh, but nothing compares to that sea because it looks like you're in another world. It, it's like people say, oh, it's, it looks like being on the moon. I don't know. I've never been on the moon, but it's like very different. The landscape is amazing and you yeah. can see uh, Israel on the other side. Yeah. And it's definitely an awesome experience because even if you don't know how to swim, you float. Whether you want it or, or not, <laughs> but you will. I can't really swim. <laughs> yeah, you will feel awesome. You will <laughs> look first like time Michael life. Phelps on that water, you know, <laughs> just like a professional one. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, because it's it's really, really amazing. But it depends on the time of the year that you go there. Um, but we went uh, in May, early May. And it was already very hot um, because Jordan has a huge part of the desert. And uh, it was really very hot. So we went uh, early in the morning. So because it can be very, very overwhelming. <laughs> the okay. heat. Yeah. 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 I'd imagine that. Okay. That's a good tip. Okay. Next place is somewhere that my friend who went to Jordan said it's probably his favorite place that he went to is the Dana Biosphere Reserve. Loved it, loved it. So you got the view to Wadi Dana from one of the trails. So what is that area like? I guess it's another UNESCO site as well. Yeah, it's a biosphere reserve. It's a UNESCO heritage site, but it's not like a building. It's yeah. a biosphere, so you have preserved species. Ah, um, okay. there, and, and it's... Uh, Actually, you can go, I didn't do it, of course, because I'm not a great hiker, <laughs> but uh, Francisco already did the trail from Dana to Petra, and you, it's doable, you can do it, but you have to, to, to be with a guide, because they know the trails, and you have to camp along the way, I think. Yeah. It's like four days of trail. So oh, Is that uh, worth doing, do you think? Is that worth it? Oh, yeah, I think so, because... Yeah. Then the reservation, it, it's just, I loved it. It has everything from the views to the the, the diversity of species. Mm. And you can see different landscape all along Dana because we did the small part by car. We did a trail, which is from, I have, uh, from which I have the, the picture, the view. Mm. 
from Moabidana. That trail is near to the village. Okay. Because we stayed in a village and you can do uh, the trails by yourself or with a guide. That trail is really easy. It's not a big deal. You can go and you you can do the trail. You just have to be careful, of course, because you can fall or something can happen to you. Mm. But if you are if you are with a with a guide, it's it's fine. And they do tea on the wilderness, and it's oh. very it's it's quite an experience because they are. I think people there are very friendly uh, and very humble, and it's it's a very and they know that uh, they need to captivate tourism. Yes, so they. They show you everything, and they're super, super welcoming. And if you want to do the four-day trail, would you get to your village first that you went to, then do the four-day trail, or would you start somewhere yeah, else I to think get to the so, village? Because at, at least from what I know from Francisco, what Francisco did uh, was like that. It, he went to the village, yeah. and then he met with a guide, and he did the, the, the four-day trail. I think he went to Little Petra, um, on the four days, because I don't know to get to Petra, it's very far away. I mm. think you need more days. And if you are like me, you will need a month to go uh, because I'm not a great hiker. Yeah, and you have to take your camping gear. And yeah, so it's uh, you need to have physical preparation, of course. And is it, so I guess it'd be like a loop. So you start in the village, go around... And back Start to the in the village and go around and down because you yeah. you go by the canyon always yeah. uh, down by the canyon and then back up to the village. From what I saw from up there, from the village, the trail is down below to to Little Petra. Yeah, got it. Okay, cool. That's a great little tip. Of course, we've got to go to Petra next. We all know about Petra, um, so I don't think you need to describe too much about it. But what was your thoughts on Petra just as a tourist? I'm going to be absolutely honest. Yeah, please. Petra is amazing and you shouldn't stay by the treasury because the treasury, everybody goes through the canyon to the Sikh and gets to the treasury and wow, it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. It's beautiful. Uh, I'm not a very emotional person and I cried when I saw the treasury. Oh. So wow, it's really emotional because you 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 can't avoid singing like dun, 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 <laughs> because you're there you are indiana jones you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i think everyone has that movie on mind when you cross that seek but you should there's a lot of trails in in petra too uh, that you can do i only did two i did uh, i didn't make the sacrifice uh, trail because it was too much and i was too tired uh, I did the one to the monastery, which is impressive. Mm. And I think the monastery deserves as much advertising as the treasury because it's beautiful. Yeah. And all the way up, it's amazing. And we did another trail around the mountain because we didn't climb. You can climb the stairs in front of the treasury. On the other side, you have the treasury here, and here you have the walls. You can climb the stairs, but it's way too dangerous. The guys are going to tell you, no, no, come, come, the Bedouins, come, come, I'll take you. But a lot of people have already died doing it. Oh, so, yeah, because 
there's no no security on the the stairs you don't have where to grab yourself yeah. so we went to the the facade part on the, behind the the way off treasury and we do another we did another trail it's not easy no it's not easy but when you get to the top you have the highest view you can have from uh, the treasury well the dark side of petra mm. it's very touristy yeah very very touristy. if you want to avoid the crowds you need to go early really early i think the doors open at six o'clock uh, you should go uh, buy the ticket for two days. If you buy the Jordan Pass, uh, you'll yeah. have the two-day ticket to go, and it's more cheaper than if you buy the tickets there. It's very touristy. There are people there who are going to try to sell you everything, but uh, we have to understand that it's the way that they have to make money. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. to survive so in everywhere it's like that it's a touristy place and um Petra by night didn't fulfill my expectations oh i'm okay. sorry <laughs> <laughs> no. because i think i think that place it's so magical it's so magnificent it's so impressive it's so awesome that it deserves a better spectacle at at night it's okay. just 10 or 15 minutes okay i paid for it it's very expensive i paid for it um because you have to pay for petra by night extra from your tickets it's not included and i think petra deserves more than that it's just some lights a guy playing some flute and telling a story and because most people go to Petra by night when they arrive to Petra, which means it's the first sight they have from the uh, treasure. Yeah, yeah. They are all like, wow. And on the next day, they come back to see the treasury on the daylight. Mm. As I've already seen the treasury <laughs> during the day. <laughs> When they pop the lights, well, and it's the candles on the floor. It's beautiful because we were already there when they were uh, lighting the, the 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 candles. They were lighting the candles, and it's very impressive and beautiful. But then the crowd arrived, and you don't see the candles because everybody sits everywhere. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and it's so much people that the the experience is spoiled. Mm. But I did it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's a once in your you know, yeah, just a once in, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. But I think Petra deserves more. Got it. Okay, interesting. Okay, we're gonna finish Jordan. I guess this is maybe one of the last parts of your trip in Wadi Rum. Quite a popular place. I think a lot of people do know quite a bit about it. But what was your experience? in that desert because i think it's one of the best places in the world isn't it i think well i haven't seen the whole world yet not yet but not yet <laughs> <laughs> but i think it's one of the most magical places i've been so far it's like it's not a desert because i've been in the sahara desert mm. and it's not a sandy huge dunes desert it has rocks it has sand it has it's it's like being in a in a movie that's why many movies were filmed there actually yeah. because it 
it's a movie set. It's impressive how how nature can be so perfect. You know, mm. it's it's truly awesome. Awesome. A lot of people camp there, right? I think they go and camp there in in Wadi. We we did stay. We did stay. Well, there are many options to stay in Wadi. Okay, right. You can stay on those fancy bubble hotels that you stay inside of a bubble, mm. and it's very glamorous and luxurious. Yeah. We didn't stay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we we stayed in. Uh, it's tents. It's like small tents. You stay yeah. there. It's perfect, perfectly fine. You stay comfortable, and it's just for one night. You have showers. You have bathroom. You have an amazing dinner in the desert, including uh, included in the uh, the accommodation. You have breakfast. At least our package have it. It's out of this world to see the sunset in the desert, but the sunrise. I I woke up uh, before sunrise because I had promised to myself that I need to photograph the sunrise. Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like freezing cold outside. Yeah, but yeah, really cold. But it was quite an experience because you start to see the, the rays of light uh, behind the rocks, the rock formations, and mm. everything starts to, to go from the brown colors to the, the reddish, pinkish. I don't know. The, those colors are truly amazing. So it's worth to wake up early <laughs> yes i think i need to get better at that yeah because <laughs> so, a lot of tours do sunrise stuff i'm like oh i have to get up early but actually when you get there and you see the sunrise that is magical you can't deny it yeah i woke up five in the morning to see the, the sunrise it was okay and then i went to sleep again because <laughs> breakfast was only at eight at eight yeah <laughs> but I had, to, I had to do it because it's one of a kind experience mm. it's yeah, the sunset is amazing, but the sunrise, it's different. It's the absence of noise. You don't hear yeah. anything. Yeah. Anything. Because that sunset was windy. But in the, the, the morning light was like absolute silence. It's mm. the sound of silence. It's really amazing. And no one around. You're just by yourself watching that that show of nature. It's a privilege, actually. And final question on Wadi Rum, if you were to turn up not in a group, just on your own, could you book these accommodations as well, do you think? Yeah, there are a lot of information in, in the internet. You can find yeah, the you can find these places the that places. To book yourself. Yeah, there's a lot of information, a lot of offer. You can find all mm. the campings around the corner, around the rocks per se. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, you can find the information on the internet. But I do advise you to book a local tour because those guys know very well the desert. The desert. They have yeah, yeah. proper cars to do it. Yeah. Um, they they have pickups to, to go on the desert and you can't risk getting lost in the yes. desert. Yeah. You, a canyon, a beautiful canyon where they cook this lunch in the shade. So they know it very, very well. And we had the privilege to go to a, to a nomad camp. Yeah. Awesome. 
it's quite a, an awesome experience. So if you go, even if you are not going with a tour company like uh, I went, uh, but at least in the desert, book a tour because uh, it's very dangerous to go there. Actually, they have like billboards in the entrance of the desert telling people that be careful because you can get lost yeah. <laughs> and you, when you realize you are in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> God, crikey. Okay, that's worth noting. And to finish on Jordan, uh, any tips or anything that you found that we didn't talk about that was amazing? I think Jordan is a very easy country to travel in. Okay. Uh, it's very safe. People are super welcoming and generous. Even if you rent a car, it's fine because the roads are generally good. Yeah. Um, just pay attention if you go on summer because you're going to catch a lot of high temperatures. Schedule your visits and and plan really well your, your visit. But I think Jordan, it's a very easy country to travel by yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's quite a popular place to go. I think a lot of people would probably just go to Petra and maybe a few other places. In my mind, I'm like, well, I'll get to Amman and I want to get like a Jeep or a car out and go and road trip on the roads, right? Not going to the desert. I probably would do tours in the desert. But like just going to these places that you've mentioned, I'd want to drive there and drive here and just have a bit of freedom doing that. Yeah. You can take the, the Jeep to the to the desert, to the entrance, because there's a village in the entrance. You ah, can leave there the Jeep. We, we we did it with our van. We left the, the van ah, uh, near the house of our guide. Yeah. And we took care of everything, even Great to know. of our luggage. Our yeah. luggage stayed with him. So mm. uh, we just took a small backpack to the desert because we were only there for two days. So really easy. Yeah. That's awesome. Love to hear about Jordan. It's on my list. It's near the top. And I can't wait to go. And the more I hear about it, the more I want to go. So we'll go there. <laughs> I believe so. Yeah, now going to move to Pakistan. When I saw and heard that you were going, I was like, wow, I need to hear about this. I've heard a few things from Pakistan, like in terms of the interviews that I've done. But I want to hear your experience as well. And you again travelled with the same travel company to Pakistan for 18 days. Is that right? Yeah, for 18 days. Yeah, More or less three weeks. Yeah. Okay. Three weeks. Yeah. 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 Three weeks. Yeah. And what made you want to go to Pakistan? What was uh, your thinking there? It was, I don't know, uh, there are some things you can't explain, actually, but mm. it was on my bucket list for a long time, Pakistan. Actually, I when I went to India, I thought, well, next I need to come to Pakistan because the, the two countries have a very close history, as you know. They were yep. the same country until yep. 1947. Uh, and after the partition, uh, India stayed India, Pakistan stayed Pakistan with Bangladesh. Yeah. It was Eastern Pakistan. Uh, and then after that, uh, Bangladesh uh, stayed as an independent country. So I was very curious about, and I, I saw a movie, a very touching movie. I don't remember the name, but it was uh, an Indian movie about a family and friends, kids that grew up together in a village uh, in the center of the now the border, mm -hmm. uh, which was splitted. And half of them stayed in India, half stayed in Pakistan, and they were all friends, some Hindus, some Muslims. And it touched me very, very much, that movie. So I thought, 
now I know India, I have to go <laughs> see Pakistan <laughs> because, uh, yeah, and, and it was uh, an old, an old dream. Okay. And the trip started in Lahore now as a place, quite a big place, I think. Must be one of the cultural places I think you put in your blog. Very big city. Yeah, but for the Portuguese parameters, everything it's big. Yes. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, because we have 10 million people. Yeah, already, no. you know, so <laughs> we are only 10 million. So when, when people tell me, oh, the city I live has 20 million. Okay, you have the double of the population yeah. of my country. But yeah, it was it was uh, a surprise because I already have been reading about Lahore and I knew it was a very cultural city. But I, I didn't have the idea of uh, how pretty it is actually and how developed it is, you know, because we always have this misconception about these kind of countries that uh, these countries are very uh, undeveloped and mm. and. Uh, dirty and you will find trash everywhere it's not true uh, actually i was very surprised about the cities generally yeah. uh, in pakistan yeah yeah uh, lahore it's a very developed city uh, it has a lot of culture it's the cultural capital of the country yeah. actually uh, a lot of universities uh, a lot of well-educated people and it's very green, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a pleasant surprise, Lahore. Yeah. And people are awesome. Everyone is like super friendly. And I guess the mix of culture there must be pretty awesome because it's on the border, right? So I guess it's gonna have like different influences into the into the city. At some point. I was like, and, and my idea from, and it's not fair to compare the two countries at all because no. it's two different countries with different cultures. They they have been separated for 75 years. You see uh, so much resemblance in Lahore with what I saw in, mm. in India, in some regions of India. Um, even the way of people dressing the food uh, you have so many resemblances. And Lahore, it's really, really close to the border. We went to the, the Waga ceremony at the border, ah, which okay. is quite an experience, quite an experience. Well, what is that? <laughs> it's like a ceremony. You have the border, which yeah. is the only open border, uh, part of the border that it's open between India and Pakistan. Ah, see, okay. I did not know that. It's the one of the most, if not the most, militarized mm. border in the world. And you have there, uh, like, they, they put up, like, a, it's not a show, but it's a theater. I don't even know how to call it. But it's so strong because in one side, you have thousands of Pakistanis. And on the other side, you have thousands of Indians in, like, a, a huge theater which is divided by the border. Oh, and right. militaries of one side uh, start making their dances and their, their showing of, of strength. And on the side of India, exactly the same, because it's, I think it's like to, to show the strength of both countries, one to another. And then uh, at some point at the ceremony, the gates open. And the militaries meet each other and shake their hands. 
All right. Wow. Okay. We are doing all these demonstrations of strength. Like we have guns, we have swords, we have sc everybody screams. And yeah. even if you don't know what they're saying, at some point you are screaming, Pakistan's in the bods. <laughs> you can't avoid it. <laughs> and you are with flag and you are screaming. And it's very intense. It's really very intense. It's quite an experience. I think everyone that goes to, to Pakistan or to India should see this 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 ceremony because it's very intense. You can see how, how proud the, the, the people are of each country, you know? There's no anger there, right? It's just like friendliness with a bit of... No, no. In the, in the, the demonstration, the ceremony, there's no angry yeah. uh, anger in, at any point. Uh, actually, and I have to share this with you. It's very interesting because I have a lot of followers from India since I've been in India. Yeah. And... Every and each one of them send me uh, messages on Instagram telling me, thank you for showing us Pakistan because I would love to, to go there. Mm. I would love to know how it is because they can't. It's very difficult for an Indian to go to Pakistan or ah, a Pakistani really? to go to India. Okay. Uh, they don't issue visas. It's, it takes years and years for one to can go to another country. And... In Pakistan, everyone asked me, have you ever been to India? Yeah. How is it like? I would love to go. So the people from both sides want to meet each other, you know? Just, just let them meet each other. They've probably got family. Yeah, exactly. Just let them be together. Yeah. They are two amazing, amazing countries. Two, the, the Indian people are amazing. The Pakistani people are uh, equally amazing so mm. let them be together some are family from each other and yeah, exactly, they yeah. don't even know each other you know yeah so i think this is very sad because let them live together if they want to if they don't want to let them go separate ways but it's like that ceremony it's very strong uh especially from for someone like me that have been on both sides, I didn't saw the yeah. the I didn't see the the ceremony when I went to India, but uh, I've been to India and now I've been to Pakistan and that that shake of the hand in the ceremony yeah. that represents what people really, at least the people I know. I don't know if it's general, it's millions of people, so I don't know. But at least the people I know with whom I talk to. Let them shake hands, please. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of friends, really. Like, it's friendship, right? Surely, because if you if you think about it, like they only they only separated because of the British, right? So if you if you go back before that, they're all living together anyway. The British didn't didn't do a very good job because you know the the lawyer who went there to make the border, he didn't care if he was splitting villages yeah. in the middle. He didn't care. He just draw the line. Yeah. You know, urban planning once again. <laughs> so you have to be yeah. careful where you draw the line. line there are yeah. lives involved, you know. <laughs> there are lives involved. Oh, it's God. people's yeah. lives you're talking about. And I think borders exist only made by men. We we Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make yeah. It's a weird concept. Yeah. So it's uh, it was quite an experience to be at that border. Yeah. Awesome. That's a good tip. Okay. So then you traveled from Lahore to Naran. I guess you were entering into the mountains of Pakistan 
with that trip? Yeah, uh, our our uh, tour took a little detour. We went just a, a few weeks after um, the big disaster that happened yes. in Pakistan in September. Uh, there was uh, a massive disaster, environmental and humanitarian disaster mm -hmm. in Pakistan due to the floods. Yeah. Uh, climate changing uh, is making <laughs> mm -hmm. a lot of damage in the world. And uh, one third of Pakistan was underwater. So wow. 40 million people were affected by uh, the floods. Uh, directly or indirectly. Uh, in Lahore, in a foundation, we took some some humanitarian aids uh, that we could took uh, to them to give to, to the population because Pakistan is living difficult times now, uh, especially in the south, in the southern provinces, uh, which were the most affected. So... Mm. After all of this happening and a lot of roads been destroyed um, and winter was coming and the snow was starting to fall in the mountains, we were supposed to go from Lahore to Peshawar, which is in the, the border with Afghanistan yeah. and then north. And we have to change it. We have to go first to the border with China and then, uh, which is in the, in the northeast, yeah. And then we crossed to the west, through the mountains to the west, because the, the weather was changing very fast. What was the uh, Naran village like in that, in that area? Well, uh, when you start to, to go up the mountains, it's like uh, you're arriving in Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You no, know, it's like the landscape, the landscape, it's just like, wow. Yeah. Wow. It's the first wow that you have. Okay. Uh, because all along the way, you will have wows, you yeah. know. So we we went up to Naran, which is a small uh, village in the mountains, and we stayed mm -hmm. there the night. And then we start going up uh, to the Chinese border. We couldn't get exactly well. We we got to the to the border, but we couldn't got exactly to the border because since COVID, they. They created a safety oh. <laughs> distance, you know. Oh, okay. Between the the Chinese buildings and the Pakistani buildings. Actually, right. the 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 trip to the border it's really easy because you do it in the the Karakoram Highway. Yes. Uh, yeah, and it's really easy because the road it's very good. The road yep. it's very very good. You only start feeling noxious because of the height, mm -hmm. uh, the altitude sickness, and but it's fine. Okay, and this area is like full of mountains, valleys, lush green grass, and that sort of stuff, right? Yeah, it's like pure nature. It's mm. amazing. You you even have uh, snow leopards there. It's it's so amazing. You have wildlife. You have amazing peaks mountains and it's like to be in a movie scene again mm, <laughs> it's yeah. like yeah it's really impressive because it's so 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 beautiful it's really amazing and and you feel so small in the middle of that landscape you feel really well you live in canada you must know that yeah because yeah. it's yeah. like 
exactly. I never, I, I never been to Canada, and I have never been in such a huge uh, mountain range. And mm. it's like, it's very impressive, really, really. Okay, and the photo on your blog is you were at Lulusar Lake, which looks pretty incredible. Yeah, that's on the way uh, north. To Hunza Valley, right? Yeah. So it's a, a beautiful lake. It's huge. <laughs> <laughs> everything, the dimension of everything is huge, you know. It's like so big. And then after that, we went to Babuzar Top, which was our first view from a high point. Yeah. Because I need to explain this. In Portugal, the highest mountain, it's 2,000 meters. Oh, Okay, pretty small. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, eight thousand meters. It's like whoa! <laughs> <laughs> I saw uh, a mountain with eight thousand meters. Yeah. <laughs> Very impressive, really. It is impressive. I think the photo you got in your blog. Um, you went to a viewpoint, and the altitude was four thousand one hundred and eighty meters, which is pretty yeah, high it's up. In Babel's there, yeah. Yeah. How was that? Yeah. Was my first sensation of altitude really? Uh, yeah, the impact, you know. I hadn't uh, take the pills to the altitude sickness on that day, and I regret it because oh, okay. I started to feel very dizzy, uh, very noxious, and the the heart rate starts to pump, mm. pump, pump, and. Yeah, when I went to the border with China, which is on almost 5,000 meters, uh, I had to take the pills. On the previous day, it was like, no, I'm going to take the pills and there's no negotiation about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair. Yeah. And the next place is what I would consider from what I've seen on either people's photos, yours, or even on the internet, is the Hunza Valley. You put heaven on earth. And it just looks absolutely incredible. And you arrived it to Karimabad in the Hunza. Yes, I, I we stayed in a in a small place in Karimabad. We arrived that night, so we didn't have the chance to see anything. And yeah. I'm glad we arrived at night because the road. If I have seen that road. <laughs> 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 I'm so glad I arrived in Karimabad that night. <laughs> when I woke up in the morning and I opened the door of my room, the view was like, it's unreal because it's that absolutely stunning valley with the autumn colors and the blue of the river that it's like so intense. And those huge mountains, the mountains are huge. Mm. Uh, with snow caps and just like wow i just landed in a, a dream it's it's really amazing it's really beautiful and how long were you in the the, the town for it i think it's that kind of places that well we already seen a lot of another traveler's pictures and yeah videos and stuff so they are very used to tourism there and they have uh, the infrastructure there is already prepared for tourism. Yeah. And uh, even though you have 
you you only have hot water in the morning for example if mm -hmm. you get to your room at night you have to take a cold shower but i think they are they are a very open community they have a different way of saying because pakistan is a very very conservative country i think it's yeah. the most conservative country i've been so far but in unza everything it's more open kids go to school and learn different things and sing we have the the privilege to to meet a project uh, at a, a school a public school yeah where kids don't pay for the school mm -hmm. because they have like patrons okay yeah and it's it's very interesting because it's like a more open community mm -hmm. a more open-minded community what activities do you like to do some singing and some you see any games like local oh we games danced a lot with the kids yeah, yeah. we we saw uh, traditional games at a school yeah. they were playing the rope game pushing yeah. from one side to the other and we they danced in the end we danced with the winning team and it was very funny because uh, people started calling us come here come here come see <laughs> the the games and the kids uh because pakistanis are super welcoming i yeah. don't even know how to describe how kind pakistanis are because they are really really kind that's and awesome, generous yeah. yeah and um that school we had the chance to go because we met a teacher at our hotel because they they did a a demonstration of traditional dances and music at mm -hmm. night and we had the chance to meet that teacher that uh, was a teacher at the other school yeah and we had the chance which is a mixed school it's not common in, in pakistan ah, okay. to have schools. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah boys and girls together at school mm -hmm. um and we used to be like that in portugal until the the 70s oh, boys okay. separated from girls wow. so uh yeah <laughs> my parents still remember of the those times in school yeah. girls on one side boys on another side wow so that's why I, I was saying they were different and we went there and they put up a big lunch for us because in Pakistan everybody gives you food it's <laughs> impressive <laughs> Yeah, and they welcomed us with music and dances, and we danced wow. with the kids and the teachers too. And it was very amazing because we had the chance to to be with the people, to talk with them, to know about their hopes and dreams. And yeah, it was very, very, very cool. And you got to watch a cricket match. Yeah. It was so funny. <laughs> Brilliant. Because we don't we don't have cricket in yeah, Portugal, no. you know, and we yeah. have football. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And it was very Yeah, but it was very funny because we, we don't understand anything about cricket. Yeah. And the owner of our, our accommodation told us, Do you want to see a cricket match tomorrow? And we were like, Yeah, of course, let's do it. <laughs> and he called some vans, some local vans. And we all went to the game in the local transportation with the players of the team, you know, it was like super fun That's because brilliant. we were stopping and they even, they even waited, waited for us to, to end lunch. Oh, wow. Yeah. Just for you, just for you to, to see how amazing the, the Pakistani people are, because yeah. we are 
we were their guests. Yes, yeah. And so a huge storm starts <laughs> oh, no. in the mountain, in the mountain. <laughs> yeah. With rain, wind, everything. And so we went, I don't even know where was the 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 cricket uh, field, uh, but it was very far away in another village. Yeah. Uh, in the rival's village. So we went there and one of the guys friends from our captain was trying to explain us the game and how they played <laughs> yeah. and how they score and how the teams <laughs> change the spot and it was really interesting because imagine like a, a field with no place to sit mm-hmm. and they went to I think like a coffee or somewhere to pick chairs for us oh, James. Wow. It's wow. like it's like what can you say after that they yeah. went to pick chairs for us to be comfortable so it's like pakistanis are the best yeah so, <laughs> that's so good it's like okay we want to have you super comfortable yeah we want the hospitality welcome yeah. you so let's bring chairs it was super funny it was yeah but our team lost oh well you can't win them all. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, but we we clapped anyway yeah, and we yeah. cheered anyway because we didn't understand anything. So we were like, "Woo! The whites <laughs> are ours!" So yeah, well yeah. then. <laughs> and they were like, "No, no, we are losing." <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, well, hopefully one day you'll get more into cricket. That'd be quite cool. I don't know. Yeah, because it's it's very. I think it's it's complicated. It's it a is, sport. Yeah. It's not easy. It's not. People think, well, it's just a stick and a ball, and they throw that. No, that has very very difficult rules. Yeah, there are some weird rules. Very right. difficult. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, and then you went from Hunza Valley to the Kalash Valley, and you said on your blog that. These trips that are like 100 or 120 kilometers take 10 to 12 hours. I hear you on that because in Nepal, it was the same. They take so long. But what was that trip like from Hunza to Kalash Valley? It was a long, uh, <laughs> very dirty roads. Yeah. But it's like when you go to Pakistan, you are some kind of country like that. But we are talking about Pakistan. You have to are aware of one thing. Uh, you're not in Europe, you're not in the States, you're not in the, I'm going to make like this, a developed country. Mm. Uh, because this of developed countries is very questionable. Things take time and yeah. you can't make a lot of plans like, oh, we're going to have lunch at noon. Yeah, noon, it's not going to happen. It's mm. going to be 5 p.m. Because uh, there are landslides, uh, there are, you don't have paved roads in that area of the north. Accidents happen. You, we have uh, four flat tires. So it's like you have to be patient. There's nothing you can do. Mm-hmm. You are in the middle of nowhere. You can't go back. You need to go forward. So you have to wait for the machines to clean the road so you can pass. So mm-hmm. it's like... You have to be aware that 100 kilometers are going to take 12 hours or eight hours or whatever it takes. Yeah. It doesn't depend on you. And it doesn't depend on the, the road. It depends on you, the universe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, and did that mean that you had to change your plans a little bit? No, actually, during that that uh, road from the the piece of of uh, route that we do from uh, Unza to Kalash, we didn't change anything. Okay, uh, we accomplished all the goals. We just sometimes, like uh, I remember that when we were supposed to see the killer mountain, we didn't because it was already night. Mm -hmm. So we got back on the next day earlier to, to we wake up earlier to go see the mountain. It's fine. You don't see in one day, you see in the next day. You have to be flexible about the plans. You can't be very strict about the plans. Yeah. Uh, but we had the chance to see amazing places like Naltar, uh, and the, the three lakes of Naltar, which is an amazing, amazing place with pure nature, uh, so raw, yeah, um, so pure, so pristine. Uh, you only see like shepherds uh, wow. with their goats, or with with uh, it's it's so it's like going back in time, you know, like. Probably our countries were like that 50 years ago. Um, it's not probably. I know that Portuguese, Portugal was like that 50 years ago. Um, and it's it's very... The rural life, it's still very present in northern Pakistan. Mm. And I hope it stays like that for a long time. Because yeah. uh, when you put tourism, masses of tourism... In places, people ruin everything, everything. Yeah. yeah. And a large amount of people will ruin those places. And I understand that um, they are trying to show the country to foreigners, but it's not their problem. It's the foreigners' problem. Because when we go to some places, we have to respect the places. Yes. And we have yeah. to respect the culture, the nature, we have to respect. So I hope that all the people that will visit Pakistan, and I really do wish that a lot of people go to Pakistan because that country deserves to be shown to the world. But I really hope that tourists uh, respect the country and respect nature because Pakistan is so, so very rich. Um, it It's... It's like uh, a gem, you know, like a gem to to discover. Yeah. Because on your blog, you went, you said it, you went to the end of the world. I did. Is that what it felt like? Is that what the feeling was? Yeah, to the end of the world, not in a bad sense. No, no, no. Actually, no. yeah, yeah. In a good yeah. sense. Yes. Yeah. It felt yeah. like I was ending to the end of the world to to get to know the unknown. You know. Yeah. It's like if. Uh, it's an un untouched place, you know, it's like it's so pure still mm. and the landscapes are so beautiful, so untouched and the culture is so untouched and so pure and um, for as much as you think, yeah, but they don't have health insurances and the, the concerns of the Westerners. Uh, they they don't have internet all the time. They don't have connection to the world. Yeah, they live fine like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they're okay. Let them choose. <laughs> let them choose when they want to have it. I, I think that 
soon Pakistan will be discovered by a I lot of so. people and it will be a boom. Yeah. And I really hope uh, that people respect the culture and, and especially the, because the culture can adapt, but the nature can't uh, recover from a huge impact of tourists. Yeah, it's because they changed their rules. I think it's easier to get into Pakistan now and also it's safer. So I think previously there's been some security concerns, but I think right now it's actually known as a pretty safe place to go for the majority of people, right? So Yeah, it's, I think the, the misconception and the, the perception is created by the media, the, yes, the Western course. media. Yeah. Because from like the last 10 years, I think it's, totally safe to travel to Pakistan and they are trying to show the world that it is safe mm -hmm. uh, we went with a local company which is positive Pakistan oh, yes. uh, they are the yeah, local, yeah. they are the local partners of San Rota from Francisco ah, okay right and they do an outstanding job yeah. outstanding they don't pay me to say this but they do an outstanding job showing the world how amazing that country is and that it's totally safe to travel to Pakistan. Obviously, there are regions with still some issues that you have to be aware of, like Balochistan on the south. I never, ever, ever felt unsafe in Pakistan. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's a normal place to go and it's... Yeah, they still have a lot of development in yeah. front of them to to be aware to be to be able to welcome tourism. We know it, like yeah. with the five star hotels and the the good roads, and because it's not easy to travel in Pakistan now. It's very difficult actually, mm. uh, because it physically demanding and psychological demanding too. It's mm. very exhausting, but it's totally worth it. I would do it again in two weeks if I could. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would have stayed there for a month more if I could. Yeah, of course, because that's always the way, right? Amazing. Yeah. All the north is it's impressive. It's like when you think that you've already seen the most beautiful landscape that mm. Pakistan has to offer, you see another one that overcomes the the previous you know it's like it's really really awesome yeah <laughs> going for your blog you finish with a little trip up to eagle's nest for a sunset that looks pretty cool is that a tip to do yeah it's it's a it's a trip to take it's in unza still uh yeah. and it's uh the highest point in unza actually because you have to ah, fort okay. In Unza, you have the Altit Fort, which is the lowest one, the Baltit one. And after that, on the top of the mountain, of that hill, mm. uh, well, actually, everything there is mountains. Uh, you have the Eagle's Nest, which is the, the viewpoint where you can have, well, the perspective of all the valley. And it's, we went there for the sunset, and it's amazing. Okay, that's a good tip. And what about a, a quick few lines on the, the Kalash Valley? It's very hard to get there. <laughs> <laughs> Those roads, and we had amazingly skilled drivers yeah. who are Pakistani and they are used to, and we went in SUVs, so we were perfectly safe. 
yeah. and they were awesome drivers, but there were parts of the the road, if we can call it that, yeah. that I was like this. I don't want to. <laughs> we're going to die. We're going to crash down there because the road, man, it's like a gravel road. Yeah, caved in the 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 mountain and. Down there is the abyss, you know, the abyss <laughs> all down there with the river. And up there you see rocks that can come down at any moment. So mm -hmm. it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I have, I have some footage of that road oh, of me okay. telling, of, of me filming and saying, my mom will never, ever see this footage, ever, <laughs> ever, and she will never see it. <laughs> wow. It's very scary, but the Kalash Valley is worth the the almost cardiac arrest, uh, uh, arrest or <laughs> as you told, <laughs> yeah. the stop, you know. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. They have a very unique culture. Um, and they have um, a very unique way of, of living, you okay. know. I think Kalash was uh, already open to tourism uh, before the pandemic, because if you do your research, you will see that they were already open. Mm. Uh, but after the pandemic, it closed, and now I think they are starting to go for it again yeah so it's i was uh, when i went there i had the idea that well it's it's uh, so much for tourists the stores and uh everything it's like souvenirs and stuff and the the women dress for the tourists and nowadays i think because of the pandemic things are not like that because you have like one or two stores with souvenirs. Yeah. Um, and people uh, don't really like to be photographed, like pointing uh, your okay. camera on faces. Yeah. If you ask for it, they will tell you if you can or cannot do it. And they have a very special way of living. So okay. it's very interesting. We went to the cemetery. I always think that cemeteries show a lot of the culture of people mm. and uh, they have a special approach of death and the cemeteries. So it's very, very interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. And then after that, you went to Peshawar on the border yeah. of Afghanistan. And of course, we probably heard about that place in the media for quite a bit of time, military checkpoints and all that sort of stuff. But how was that as a place to visit? It's amazing. It's amazing. I think uh, I had a huge curiosity about the shower because uh, you've heard it a lot on the news, not for the good reasons, no. of course. Uh, everybody saying that it was a very dangerous place. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and we crossed the Swat Valley too. And you know what happened in Swat Valley <laughs> yeah. like 15, 20 years ago. Peshawar, it's like the genuine, still so genuine, still so uh, the culture is so 
there still, you know. It opened uh, not not many years ago to tourism. So like 10 years ago, it was unthinkable for a woman to go on the streets uh, uncovered because it's not mandatory to be covered. Okay. Except for religious places, of course, yeah. because you have to cover yourself. It's mm -hmm. a... A matter of respect, of course. Yeah. Even when I came back from uh, from Pakistan, I got messages from Pakistanis asking, like, "Did you feel safe in Peshawar?" And yeah, everybody was super friendly, <laughs> yeah, extremely yeah. friendly. People are like, "Welcome to Peshawar! Welcome to Pakistan!" Everybody wants to know where we are from. Everybody asks us to take pictures. Mm. Not. Not only with us, but from them. Okay. They come to you, you, you have a camera yeah. in your hand, and they come to you and they pose and say, picture. Oh, right. So they want your They want you to take their picture yeah. and to show them, you know? Yeah. So it's like people offer you everything. Mm -hmm. It's like you ask for a, a sugarcane juice, and they give it to you. And they offer you breads. They they are just like super kind. It's almost touching to see how kind people are with you because we Westerners are not used to it. Yes. Uh, we suspect, we are suspicious about everything, even yeah. our shadow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. if, someone, if someone gives us something, it's because they want something from us. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we don't open our home door to anyone unless we know them it's so touching you know it, it's i think it's really unfair for that people to have such a reputation yeah it know? is yeah yeah because it's yeah they had a, a bad episode of their history but it's been 10 years you know it's been 15 20 years mm -hmm. so uh it's really unfair for them to be labeled uh, or for that city or that place to be labeled as insecure. We had uh, a policeman with us all the time. Yeah. Because I don't know if it's mandatory or not. Uh, okay. But the fact is that we had a, a local guide with us, besides the, the guys from the, the Positive Pakistan, uh, and the military was with us. The policeman was with us. And he went with us to the Afghan border. We couldn't get there because we could only go to the entrance of Kiber Pass. The Kyber Pass. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because of safety. Because uh, imagine if you go there this week, maybe you can go further on, on the, the, the road, but mm. we couldn't. Uh, it's safety, and we didn't even argue about that yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's like they know it. They know it. If he says we can't go, we <laughs> can't go. You must respect because they know what they are doing. You are a foreigner. You don't know. We always had a policeman with us, uh, but actually, we always felt safe. Mm. Uh, we went for a walk uh, in Peshawar the last night. We had dinner and then we thought we were a group of five and we were like, okay, let's just take a walk on the, the because they have a, a market, which is the storyteller's market. Mm -hmm. And the architecture is 
breathtaking. It's mm. like amazing, you know. Uh, and we were there and we walked on the market. We didn't went to suspicious alleys, but we were we went there by ourselves without any tour guide. Yeah. Without the policeman with us. And it was fine, okay. People just there was an old man who told us, go there. Like there you are safe, you know. There's always someone to help you. Yeah. Always. You know, it's like it's really amazing because they are aware that and they have a very strong um perception that they don't want anything bad to happen to tourists because they know that if something bad happens to a tourist it's all the pakistani reputation yes yeah you're you right know? yeah and it's even the country's reputation yeah so they're extremely cautious with tourists extremely cautious you then finish your tour in islamabad the capital um i think that's got quite a it's quite a bustling city, isn't it, Islamabad? I think there's probably quite a lot of stuff to do I, there. I, I finished the visit in Islamabad, but we were almost, we almost didn't make it to Islamabad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pakistan, everything can happen. In yeah. Way. Because we started to, to receiving uh, some news that things may happen in Islamabad, like manifestations. I don't know how you call it. It's not riots. It's like... Um, protests. Protests, exactly. I'm yeah. sorry. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> it's like my head speaks two languages at the same time. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah I can't imagine uh, it. <laughs> so we, we caught some protests uh, in the north. We were stuck by uh, ah. protests in the north like for two hours and we yeah. had to wait for it to stop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, it was to, supposed to happen in Islamabad, but, and if it had happened, we couldn't uh, have made it because tourists were forbidden in Islamabad if ah, uh, the protests okay. were. Yeah. Uh, but as nothing happened, we went to Islamabad anyway. Yeah. We just couldn't go by train. We were supposed to go by train. But because of the floods, uh, the rail, it's not good yet. So uh, it got pretty badly destroyed. And so we had to go by van again. Yeah, Islamabad, it's very peaceful for, a, <laughs> you know, we are used to the hustle and bustle of the big cities. Yeah, yeah. And it's like Islamabad, it's um, super quiet. It's like a very polite city, you know, mm. like very clean with green areas, uh, with uh, small buildings. Actually, it's very like livable, I think. Ah, okay. Yeah, mm. it's super, super uh, a friendly city. It's not... You don't have many things to see in Islamabad because Islamabad is a very recent city. Uh, so you have uh, the Faisal Mosque, which is one of, which used to be the biggest one in the world, not now, but it's really impressive and it's really beautiful. The architecture is really, really beautiful. I think it's a good city to end the trip because you can, or to begin because it's not very overwhelming, you know? You, you don't feel like very, very suffocated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
in the beginning of the, the trip. So to begin the trip or to end the trip, it's a very good city, Islamabad, yeah. Okay, awesome. And for Pakistan as a, as a whole, what would you say as a few reasons why people should visit? Why should they go? Pakistan, it's one of the most diverse places I've been, diverse countries I've been. People should go not only uh, for the the nature, which is really appealing and it's magnificent, but to know the culture. And when I say to know the culture, it's impossible to go the, to Lahore and to say that you know the Pakistani culture because Pakistan is a huge country with a lot of cultures inside the country, mm. even in the mountains where we went, uh, where we spend most of our time. There are tons of different cultures in the mountains. Yeah, Go to Pakistan to see the culture, to see uh, the nature, but also to meet the people. Some people think that, no, the culture is to go to museums. No, sit with the people, talk to them. One of the kindest people that I've ever met in mm -hmm. my trips. They are really, really friendly, and I think they, they deserve to, to be known let them show yourself. Don't be scared of them. They won't do anything bad to you. <laughs> okay, that's awesome. Yeah, thanks for sharing your story, for Pakistan, because I think it's one of those countries that it is up and coming, but it still needs a bit more uh, stories told about it from the real like adventures that you see, I think. Yeah, yeah, because I think Pakistan still has a reputation. There are a lot of preconceptions about Pakistan. You, most people with whom I shared that I was going to Pakistan, told me, don't go, it's too dangerous. Yeah. What are you going to do there? Uh, the history and, and the wars. And I asked most people who told me that, have you been there? No. Yeah, so exactly. why are you talking about a country <laughs> where you've never been? <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. Because I saw, I saw on the news. Yeah, but the news sell... What they think makes money. And yeah, yeah. you don't make money selling that a country is really beautiful and you should go there. No, you sell news by telling the dark side of the countries and of the people. You know, it's yeah. like one thing I've learned a long time ago. It's never listen to people that never been in the places. Yeah, that know? is the number one rule. Yeah. Yeah, because... Most of the the perceptions that are made about Pakistan are made based on ignorance. Yes. People don't know Pakistan. People never been to Pakistan. So they are ignorant about Pakistan. Mm. I've been there for three weeks. I traveled all, all the north and I'm still ignorant about the south. Yeah. Because yeah. I never been to the south. So yeah. I'm not going to tell people, don't go to the South because it's too dangerous. No, I've never been there. I don't know if it's dangerous or not. Yeah. I don't know if it's beautiful or not. I can say it based on what other people write or what other people show because you write and you show what you want to write mm -hmm. and to show. If you want to totally devastate a country, you just write an article about the country. Yeah. Yeah. And if that goes viral, you are devastating the image of that country. Mm -hmm. So you have to be, be, be very careful about what you say. One thing is to put out to the world what you yeah. see, what I felt, what I experienced in Pakistan. Um, another thing is, well, I heard some people telling that it's a very dangerous place. Don't go. 
No, you should go. <laughs> yeah, you should. Go yeah. there. It's dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> or don't go, but don't spread fake news. <laughs> yeah. That is, that is it. Don't spread fake news. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because telling a place it's, oh, it's very dangerous because they had stuff happening 20 years ago. Yeah, that was 20 years yeah, ago, not now. Yeah. Yeah. Many things happen in 20 years. You have kids and they go to the university in mm. 20 years. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had someone come on to talk about Pakistan who went there in the 90s and he had no problem. So, oh, I think you just, just need to be careful who you believe, who you talk to, and don't take, like you say, anyone who says it's a place not to go to when they haven't been there. That is, exactly. Don't, don't bother. If someone yeah. had told me, don't go, I don't know, to the mountains because you may have problems. But it's, it's still my choice. Mm. It's still my choice. Because when people talk about Pakistan, they put all in the same bag, you yeah. know, all the regions. And it's super unfair because Pakistan, it's huge. It's mm -hmm. a mix and match of cultures and of... of if, if the nature is so diverse, they have mountains with snow and they have a desert. So if the landscape is diverse, people are diverse too. Yeah. And culture inside, inside the country, they have many different dialects inside the country. So don't spread fake news about Pakistan because it's a very, very awesome place to go. And it's, it's like a gem. I still say it's a gem and people are amazing. Really, really amazing. Mm. Those people deserve a chance to show their country. Yeah, absolutely. They deserve to show the world that Pakistan is awesome mm -hmm. and they are good people and um, stop with the fake news. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay. Thanks for that. And we're going to finish the episode for you to tell us of any future travel plans coming up, maybe the rest of this year, going into 2023, what are you thinking? I'm going in, in three days, I'm going to Italy. Dream. Because I'm still, I still have some off days at work, so yeah. I'm going to spend it there. Um, I've already been, I'm going to Rome, but it's cheap flights when you find flights, uh, Got to go. Round trip, 30 euros, you need to go. Uh, <laughs> for the next year, I have, well, more or less, I'm planning to, to go in the beginning of the year uh, to the Middle East again. Yeah. And at the autumn, I'm going to Africa because I haven't been in Africa for a long time. I miss that they have a movida, like the Spanish say. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, they have a special vibe in Africa, you know? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a different energy. It's like, it's weird. It's, it's I love Africa. So <laughs> uh, it's, it's very, I think it's going to be at least two trips for the next year. Uh, very different from the, the usual. Oh, interesting. Very mysterious, but I'm sure we can see on your social media and your blogs where you're going. So yes. can you please remind people 
where can we find your blogs to read about Pakistan and Jordan? And also, I think you have a YouTube channel as well, right? Yeah, it's a little bit dead by now. I'm trying to have time. <laughs> I'm trying. You don't have any idea because so when tough, I started to, yeah. to, to download the, the, the records from the cameras, because I always take a lot of cameras with yeah. me to, to my trips. And it was uh, between the, the photographs and the videos, I have... 3000 plus images you know records <laughs> files to see so i need to to have time to sit myself and to make a proper video about pakistan because yeah. i don't like to release something because i have to release something true yeah very um, very wise it's, it's, yeah. it's not fair to the country and i don't do content just by doing country uh, content yeah. i i rather release two videos per year than one video per week without relevant content yeah so it's like i rather do this as a compliment as a compliment to my um blog on the blog blondaroundtheworldtravel.com yeah and on youtube blonde around the world on instagram blonde dot around the world and on twitter b uh, underscore i don't even know my twitter yeah but but on, I'll, link, on I'll link it instagram, i'll link it no yeah. but on instagram you have the link tree, link tree for everything yeah. <laughs> find me there yeah instagram do that i'll put the uh, yeah, links in the show notes don't worry it's easier, yeah. yeah yeah i'll put them in there so people can access uh, all that stuff so anja thank you for coming to the show again it's been a great chat i've learned a lot about jordan and pakistan and people, please check out Angela's blogs. They're a great read. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me again. And thank you for letting me talk about Pakistan because I, I think it needs to be put out to the world how awesome that country is. Very, very much needed, I think. So don't worry, it'll be out there uh, very soon. So I, can't <laughs> I wait. trust you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just throw it away. <laughs> Thanks, Angela. <laughs> anytime <laughs> thank you for listening to my winging it travel podcast episode today you can find me on instagram at james hammond travel or winging it travel podcast you can search for both i release weekly clips of this podcast episode as well as photos from the last eight to ten years of my travels you can also follow me on tiktok facebook and pinterest by searching winging it travel podcast i do release daily content to do with travel and the podcast throughout the week also check out my website jameshammond.org there's content about myself my travels and there's also a newsletter sign up as well as a contact form finally please rate and review the podcast on podchaser this is my platform of choice alternatively you can rate this on apple or wherever you get your podcasts from this really helps the podcast gain a bit of traction for the future in terms of guests and content and I'm glad to see that you guys are listening out there, reviewing it and enjoying the content so far. Stay safe, stay humble, keep listening, keep traveling and I'll catch you soon. Cheers, James.